series, and um, we've been talking a lot about wineskins, and you'll find at the end of Luke chapter 5 is when Jesus talks about uh, wineskins, and just, just to remind you, he says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Do you remember why? It's because new wine expands as it ferments, old wineskins have hardened. So if you pour new wine into old wineskins, the old wineskins are going to crack and burst, and you've ruined both the wine, because it's on the floor now, and the old wineskin. It's no longer good to hold anything. It's symbolic of how we are the wineskin. God's, God's will, God's purposes in our hearts are his new wine. And God wants to do a new thing in us, but oftentimes we're so hardened and inflexible that if he were to pour out the blessing we ask him for, it would ruin us and the blessing. And so we have to learn, uh, we have to learn how to have new wineskins. Interestingly, before that verse, this is Luke 5.36, Jesus gives them an illustration. It says, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. So, so let's say you've got a shirt that you love. You, you've worn it for decades. Now, ladies, I know you don't really have a frame of reference for this, but guys have that old shirt, right? I, I guarantee you almost every guy in here has a shirt like from like high school, and it's got rings around the armpits, Right? Right? And, and ladies, you've probably been trying to throw it out for decades, and, and, and you can't get rid of it, right? Well, what he's saying, let's say you have an old shirt, and it's damaged in some way. You wouldn't go buy a brand new shirt, cut up that brand new shirt, and then patch it onto the old shirt, because the patterns don't even match. You just ruined a brand new, perfectly good shirt, and eventually, when you wash that thing, the new patch is going to shrink, and it's going to tear away from the old shirt. It's just a bad idea overall. All right, that's what Jesus is talking about. And so we're going to talk about what not to wear this morning. Now, did anyone see the show that was, I don't think it's on anymore. I think it was on TLC. It was Stacey and Clinton, right? Tiffany made me watch this with her. And it's where they take, usually a lady, and her friends set her up and say, hey, you don't really know how to dress, sweetheart. So we're going to embarrass you on public TV, and you're going to go to to these people. They're going to give you a new outfit, a new wardrobe, uh, and and they're going to give you new clothes, all right? It it was a fun, because by the end, uh, they helped them put, you know, clothes that work with their body shape, haircut that works with their face. It 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 was a cool show. And by the end, you could see the makeover. It's like, yay, they applauded them. It was great. Well, the Lord wants to do that in our lives. For some of us, we're wearing the wrong clothes, and we're going to get into that. Um, You know, as we're talking about the old replacing the new, uh, we see all throughout Scripture there's a lot of change that happened for some people, and we see a pattern uh, that begins to emerge. When change comes, we begin to resist it. When change comes, we begin to resist it. And I want to show you a Scripture. It's Genesis 35. And it's uh, when Jacob, God is creating change in the life of Jacob. And, and it's up behind me. It says, then God said to Jacob, get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Okay, major life change. If you've ever moved to another city, that's a big deal, right? Major life change. Get ready to move to Bethel and settle there. Build an, build an altar to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Verse 2. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of your pagan idols Purify yourselves and put on clean clothing. Now that's interesting. 
That's interesting. I can understand, okay, we're cleaning out our house, right? You never know how disgusting you are until you move. And you move the sofa back and you're like, oh, this is nasty. And you see all the stuff underneath the sofa, right? Yeah, you never know how disgusting you are. And so it's, it's time to clean up. It's, it's time to purify the old house to move into the new. But isn't it interesting? He says, get rid of the pagan idols, purify yourselves, and put on clean clothes. Isn't that interesting? I, I remember when I was a kid, my, my grandmother had a book of, of like wise sayings from grandparents or something. And I always thought it was hilarious. One of the sayings was, always wear clean underwear because you never know when you might be in an accident. And I was like, I remember thinking, sweetheart, if I'm in an accident, my underwear won't be clean any, anyway, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what I put on that morning. So, I, you know, what's, what's he trying to say? Well, I, he, he, he's got a progression. He says, repent, clean yourselves up, and then put on new clothes for the new journey. So, why is he saying clean, change into clean clothes? Why, why change into clean clothes? Why is this part of the progression? Well, first of all, you, you don't get clean and put on dirty clothes. Right? Have you ever had to put on old dirty clothes after you've taken a shower? It's, I have a few times, it's just, it's just gross. It's like, why did you even take a shower? It, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that, that we would get clean and, and then put on old, dirty clothes. Now, when I was a youth pastor, there were certain youth that seemed to... There was one guy in particular that tried to see how long he could not wash his jeans and continue to wear them. You never know how gross people are until you're a youth pastor. Um, and that was his goal. And, and so, you know, you don't want to put on dirty clothes after you've gotten clean. That just wouldn't make, that wouldn't make any sense at all. You get clean and you put on fresh new clothes, right? Now, it'd be like, now I have a shirt here. And my kids and I had a lot of fun last night uh, making this shirt dirty. We, uh, we ripped it up. So I took a shower this morning. Amen, hallelujah, thank you. I'm clean. I'll put on clean clothes. But would it make sense if I got up this morning, I knew I'm going to preach, I knew I'm going to speak, and I put on old, dirty clothes? This is not blood, this is food coloring. And I walked around this morning trying to teach you the word in these old, disgusting clothes. It, it wouldn't make sense to do that at all because I've already gotten clean, right? I've, I've already gotten clean. Also, we have to realize that our clothes determine how we are perceived by others. You know, if, 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 if I just walked in one morning in, in, in the back of the church, through the front doors of the church, and, and you were a visitor and you didn't know that, that I was the pastor, and, and I'm wearing dirty clothes and soiled clothes, you, you wouldn't have any idea that, that I was the pastor here, right? Because my clothes didn't represent that. Um, and in the same way, our clothes determine how we're perceived by others. But we need to be good representatives, you know, I mean, Jacob's family was moving, 
to a new city, and he was like, hey, put on your clean clothes. We want to represent the family well. And, and the Lord is asking us, he's saying, I want you to represent the family well. I want you to represent the family in, in a way that makes sense, that, that, that's a good example of who we are. Now, we know this. If you, if you are going for an interview for a huge corporate job, right, a, a really big job, you, you need to dress the part, right? You hope, you're probably going to wear a suit, like really nice, you know, dress clothes, right? Because you want them to perceive you as being a professional. If, if you're on vacation, though, and you're going to the beach for the day, a suit probably is not what's appropriate, right? You're going to have your T-shirt and your flip-flops, right? If you were digging ditches for a living... You're not going to wear a three-piece suit. It's not the appropriate attire, right? And so we see this in our jobs. Uh, um, uh, th- there are certain appropriate attire, which we, we had a funny, we had a, a, a funny experience uh, this past weekend. We were eating at a restaurant, and it was, you know, we had a little buzzer, and, and they buzzed us. It was our time to, uh, you know, Nunley Party of Two or whatever. And, and uh, the, the, the guy that took our buzzer, like, had no uniform pertaining to the restaurant at all. Like, he just looked like he just walked in. Has this ever happened to you guys? So, so he takes our buzzer, he, he grabs a couple minute, uh, menus, and is like, y'all, y'all follow me. And I'm like, are we going to a van with no windows? Like, because he didn't look like he represented the, the, he didn't look like he represented the restaurant. He was just like in jeans and a t-shirt. He didn't have the restaurant's name on it. He didn't have a uniform or anything on it. We were kind of looking at each other like, is this, does he work here? So see, our clothes represent who we are, right? Our clothes represent who we are. Now, during times of change, here's the other reason that, that, that Jacob wanted them to put on clean clothes. During times of change, we are tempted to retreat back to the familiar, now, this is evident so clearly when the children of Israel were being delivered from slavery in Egypt. Now, we don't have time to get into it. You can read about it in, in the book of Exodus. But, but Moses is, is leading the children of Israel out. And after a while, they begin to get tired of their circumstances. And they begin to grumble and complain. And at times, they even said, it would have been better for us if we had remained in Egypt. Now, that's one of the dumbest things you could ever say. Because in Egypt, they were slaves. Like, it's not like they had a hard job, but they got paid well. Like, they had no rights. They were actually slaves of Egypt. And they begin to grumble and complain and say, gosh, it, it, it'd be better if we were even back there in Egypt. At least, you know, we had meals. They begin to complain. How many times do we do that in our new life in Christ? We, 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 we very quickly begin to, you know, um, grow in the things of God. And, and we, we start going to FaceTime group and get plugged in. And, and, and we go to church on Sunday morning. And, and, and we go to 101 on Sunday nights. And we get plugged in. And then the enemy comes in during a time of change in our lives and says, you know, it wasn't so bad back then. You did get to party. You remember that old friend that you don't see anymore? It wasn't so bad back then. And you begin to, oh, yeah, that's true, it's true. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. See, during times of change, 
we tend to retreat to the, fam- to the familiar. But guys, once the Lord has delivered you of your filthy rags, you can't go back. You can't go back. It's not a good deal. That's a lie from the enemy. Once your clothes are soiled and dirty, you, 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 you can't put them back on. Uh, th- this is illustrated by one of the most horrifying experiences of my life. We, we built a house several years ago, and we didn't realize it, but evidently we built it on uh, like, like an ant colony. And so about six months after we moved into the house, the ants came back to reclaim their ground. And so we went through um, about a month or so where we had the pest control people out and we were, you know, putting traps in the walls and we were trying to figure out how to take care of the ants. Um, And and so I didn't know this, but ants are attracted to fabric softener. And so being someone who uh, sometimes likes to wear things, multiple things, but thinks it's too much work to fold them up and put them in the drawer, I will put my clothes at the foot of the bed Every once in a while, all the time is what I meant by that. <laughs> and, and so I can just you know, put them on again real quick, right? So I did that here, and you know, the ants had been all over. Thankfully, they'd never gotten in our bed or anything, but, but they'd been in the kitchen. We'd seen them in, in the den, and, and you know, in the, we had Berber carpet in, in that house, and you can see them you know, in the carpet, and we had to you know, get rid of them. Well, I just picked up a shirt that was laying on the ground, and I put it on, and then within about five seconds, I start getting bites all over my neck and upper back. And I freak out, right? Take the shirt off, and there were ants all over the shirt. It was, it was awful. And if that wasn't bad enough, Tiffany actually ate. There was a bar that was left out on, on the counter. It was dark, and she just picked it up and ate it, and she got her tongue bit. It was, it was not the best time for us. We got it under control. It was fine. But, but do you understand? See, if I had picked out fresh, a fresh shirt to put on, I wouldn't have had that issue. I tried to go back to the old shirt, and there were already ants on it. And so uh, you're going to be tempted during times of change, during times of pressure, to go back to your formal life, to go back to the old way of doing things. Guys, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't believe the lie that it was better back in Egypt. So what does God want us to wear? What does God want us to wear? Well, first of all, we're going to look at some scripture, and we're going to look the scripture. There are many times where scripture says to put on different things. So we're going to look at these. First of all, what the Lord says he wants you to wear is he wants you to put on right living. Put on right living. We're going to turn to Romans 13. Romans chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 12 and 13. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. It says, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. There it is, right living. Put on the shining armor of of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate. And he begins to list some stuff out. 
in drunkenness, wild part, in darkness of wild parties, in drunkenness, in sexual promiscuity, in moral living, in quarreling or jealousy. See, I, Paul's so smart. He, he starts out with like the stuff like, well, I would never, you know, drunken parties. Paul, come on. No. But then he says quarreling. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> right? Quarreling or jealousy. Like, he's like, oh, in case you don't deal with those things that you think are real gross and you would never do, yeah, jealousy is an issue with you. Yeah, yeah, we don't do that either. Those are the old clothes, right? Those are the old clothes. Now, notice in verse 12, he says, So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Now, what we try to do sometimes as Christians is we don't take off our old dirty clothes before we put on our right clothes. So I have here, this is a white shirt representing the righteousness of God. And so God calls us to, to you know, oh, I'm a Christian now. I, I'm going to live right, right? But, but we don't ever take off our dirty clothes first. And we just, we just try to put this righteousness... This is... I got a bad feeling about this. We, <laughs> we just try to put on our righteousness. Look at me, I'm righteous. Right? Look at me. I, I'm right, I've got the righteousness on, but we never took off our dirty clothes. We never took off, you know, we never took off, we never got rid of those things that we struggle with. We, we never made it a point to get rid of that stuff. We just put a little Jesus on thinking it would hide, but it, it doesn't hide, does not our, our, our tattered and stained clothes are still underneath. So what Paul says to do is you have to take the old clothes off first. You have to take the old clothes off first, and I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> I'm free. Thank you, Lord. So you have to take off your old clothes before you put the new clothes on. Then you put on the righteousness of God. See, God needs you to change your clothes, guys. He needs you to change your clothes. Now, remember, clothes represent how we're perceived by others. So it's not just for your sake that you need clean clothes. It's for everyone else's sake. Have you ever been in a small a small room, a close quarters with someone who stank? And you're like, oh. Now, it would be to their benefit to change their clothes, but it's also to yours that they change their clothes. And, and how, how silly do we look to the world sometimes when we're saying, hey, God's good. God loves you. He'll transform your life. I haven't changed my clothes, but I want you to. How many times do we do that? Look, your actions project your relationship with the Lord. For the sake of time, I'm not going to turn there, but just, just brace yourselves. Turn later to 1 John 3.10, and you can just read the whole chapter, actually. It, it's, he, he draws a really, really harsh line in the sand. And John 10, uh, 1 John 3.10, he says, We can tell who are children of God and children of the devil based on how they act. See, if you're wearing clothes of unrighteousness, you need to change, and you need to change quickly. 
Because it may be evidence that you haven't, actually haven't come in contact with a living God yet. If you don't change those clothes. Now, just for balance sake, I'm not saying that you're saved because of how you act. You're saved because of the grace of God. I'm not talking about heaven and hell. All right? You go to heaven because you know Jesus, and that's where he is. But I'm talking about your life here on earth. If you don't live righteously, if you don't, if you don't purposefully make the choice to put on his clothes, and we're going to talk about how in just a moment, to put on his clothes, then you're not doing it right. Not just for yourself, but for everyone else around. See, this drives me crazy. You can't come in contact with God and remain unaffected. These people who say, like, well, I'm a Christian, and I see absolutely no difference in their lives between someone who's not a Christian. I'm like, I, I just, I love you. I want to disciple you. I want to help you. I don't hate you. But I don't see it. I mean, it'd be like a, it'd be like a doctor walking into the surgery in shorts and a T-shirt and flip-flops. Hey, I'm a surgeon. I mean, you may be, that may be true, but you're not dressed right, man. And I don't want you to cut on me until you got a white lab coat on, right? And so it's the same way. Look, we, you can't come in contact with God and remain unaffected. I mean, you can't come in contact with a car and remain unaffected. If you were to walk out on the on 19 and come in contact with a semi-truck, it's going to affect your life forever. How much more would coming in contact with the living God of the universe affect your life? Amen? So, so we have to put on right living. We have to put this on. Now, how do we do this? And see, you've got to be careful because you teach on holiness. You teach on righteousness. You t- teach on sanctification. All of a sudden, everyone thinks, okay, I've got to act right. God's not going to be pleased with me. I gotta just, no, it's, it's, no, that's not how you do it. Check out the next verse. It's through the presence of God. And we're still in Romans 13. We just listed all these things. He says, take, remove your dark deeds as dirty clothes. Put on right living. And then he lists some stuff, wild parties, drunkenness, parents of teenagers. You can use that wild parties verse. Sexual promiscuity, immoral living, quarreling, jealousy. Instead, here's what you clothe yourself with. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. It all starts with the mind. It all starts with the thought. You don't let yourself even think about those things, but you put on Jesus. See, here's, here's the secret. When you put on the presence of God... It's a lot harder to get in trouble. It's a lot harder to get in trouble. I I don't know of anyone who's gotten themselves in trouble looking at pornography on their computer while listening to worship music. I love you, Lord, click, click. And I lift my voice, click, click. It's just, that's just not happening. See, when, when you keep the presence of the Lord at the forefront of your mind, of your thought life, it's going to be a lot. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's, it's the Lord's blessing, right? You can't, you, can't, you can't talk harshly to your spouse, cut them down with your words when you're praying together. Right? And, and, and so the presence of the Lord... Coupled with the word of the Lord are the things that God has given us to put on so that we don't have to wear those dirty rags anymore. Amen? 
Amen? Um, let me say this too. The Holy Spirit's a person, and I mentioned this last Friday Night Fire. There's, there's, in some circles, we talk about the presence. There's one song, I love the song, but it says, uh, it talks about your presence, it's all I need. And, and I get it, like, it's, it, you know, the, your presence is, is, it's, but God's not an it. The Holy Spirit's not an it. He's, he's a person. He's not, he's not a substance of ooey gooey, uh, you know, smoke filled something that we just get all on us and feel good. He's a person. The Holy Spirit's a person. And, and, and so when you put him on, you know, like when someone's telling us like a fib or telling us a lie, we're like, you're putting me on, right? But that's what God wants you to do. He wants to be able to say to you, you're putting me on. You're putting me on. And I like it. Because when you wear my presence like a cloak, when you wear my presence, when you inundate your mind with my word, when you wear me like that, then you're not going to partake in those things that harm us, which is what sin is. Sin is the things, those things that harm us and separate us from the Lord. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, what does the word fulfill mean? If, if I drive through McDonald's and I order, you know, whatever, comma number one, I place my order. That order has not been fulfilled until I have that bag in my car sitting there with me, right? All right. So it says, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, so here's the, here's the deal. Because you have a flesh, it's going to place an order. It's going to say, speak harshly to that person that just made you mad. It's, it's going to say, gratify your flesh in ways that feel good, but are contrary to the word of God. It's going to place an order, but when you walk in the Spirit, and that word means to be controlled by the Spirit, to give Him a say in how you act. When you walk in the Spirit, that order is not fulfilled. That order is not fulfilled. And you drive around and you're waiting for it, and the Holy Spirit goes, I canceled that for you because I love you. That order is going to hurt you. That order is going to hurt you. So we walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your flesh will be placing orders. But if you walk in the spirit, it won't be fulfilled. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is like that bad drive-thru worker that never gets your order right. (laughs) Last thing we're to put on is the new man. We're to put on the new man. All right, Colossians chapter 3. Again, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation here. Colossians chapter 3, 10 through 14 says, Put on your new nature. Your new nature. Did you know you have a new nature? A new man? When you became saved, when Christ lives in you, when the Holy Spirit made his residence in you, you then, for the first time in the history of your life, had the potential and the possibility to walk in a godly way. You can't, you can't walk in a godly way without God, right? That's why it's pointless to scream at all the lost people for acting bad. They don't have the Lord in them. They can't act right. I'm so offended at what the world's doing. I'm not. It's, it's the world. I'm offended at what the church is doing because they should have the power to change. They should be the representatives. They should be showing the world how to act, but that's another sermon. So... 
Put on your new nature, be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Oh, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. It's a process. I'm not sitting here telling you that you get saved and I never struggle with anything anymore. <laughs> oh, that's bull. That's not true at all. It's a process, right? As you learn to know your creator, as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all. Now, why does he throw that in here? Now, we've heard that before. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Greek, slave or free. Right? We've heard that. This is in the context that it's in. Why does he go there right now? He just told us, he said, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Well, immediately, our thoughts go, well, no, but you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my past is. And he goes, hey, and before you start thinking about that, it doesn't matter what your past is. doesn't matter what your job is. doesn't matter what your culture is. It all has to do with Jesus. All right? Verse 12, since God chose you to be holy, he chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves, there it is again, with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Verse 14, and above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. We have to clothe ourselves. See, the new man, the new nature acts how the father acts. You say, well, I I can't be holy. Of course you can't. Of course you can't. But your father is, so you put him on. And you wear him a little bit. And since he's holy, you become holy. Ephesians 4 22 and 24. It says, throw off your old sinful nature. It doesn't say, slowly over time, just inch out of it. And keep it close by in case you need it again. Just throw it off. Throw off your old sinful nature. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Again, your flesh is making orders. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. That's key. The Holy Spirit renews your thoughts and your attitudes and put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Do you know that you were created to be like God? You were. You were created to be like God. You were created to look like, act like God. You were actually, it says we were, we were created in His likeness and in His image. You're, you were created to look like and act like God. But because of sin in our lives, we don't. But if you take off your old clothes, your old nature, you put on your new nature, you put on the righteousness that comes through Christ, you renew your mind, you renew your mind to his will, to his word, you embrace the presence of God in your life, and next thing you know, you look like him. And next thing you know, people are like, why are you different? Well, I'm trying to look like my dad. I'm trying to act like my dad. Don't, don't always do it, but, I'm, but I'm, at least I'm trying. Not, not, where I used, not, not where I need to be, but at least I'm not where I used to be. I'm growing. I'm failing forward. I'm moving in the right direction. And see, here's the good news. You can't be holy by yourself, but when you put on God by his authority, you can. See, the clothes that we wear represents authority. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this illustration. If I were to walk out on, on the major highway in the middle of the road and just do this, y'all better intercede for me. I don't think anyone's going to be stopping for me, right? Because they're like, who's this, who's this dude? <laughs> I would. If someone was just in the middle of the road, I just want to get away from them. I'm not stopping. I don't know who they are. 
I don't know what they want. They're crazy. I'm getting out of there. But put me in a police officer's uniform. Give me a car with a light on top. Give me a badge with a badge number. Give me a gun. And then I walk out in the middle of the road and I do this. Cars are stopping. Because that uniform, those clothes that I'm wearing, have now given me the authority to act on behalf of the state or the city or the county. See, when you put on Jesus, you now have Jesus' authority. Jesus overcame sin, you guys. He overcame sin. He, he bore it for us. He doesn't struggle with sin. Jesus is not up there trying not to look at the internet. He's not trying to cuss out the Holy Spirit. All right? He's not mad when an angel gets in front of another angel up in heaven. All right? He's good. He doesn't struggle with sin. So when you put on Christ, when you put on Christ, no longer do you struggle with sin. Amen? Look, here's my question to you. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? You still wearing your old rags? You still wearing the shame and the guilt? You still wearing the sin? You still wearing those words that were spoken over you by your parents when you were young that you'd never amount to anything? You still still wearing your mistakes in the past? Because you don't have to wear that anymore. You, You take that off. Don't cover it up. You take it off. And you put on the righteousness of God in Christ. And you wear the presence of the Lord. You cast off the old, you put on the new. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're, we're not trying to uh, patch up old clothes. We're taking the old off and we're putting the new on. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's stand for prayer.